there, Paula Poundstone here. I hate to interrupt, but maybe you might like to listen to my new show, live from the Poundstone Institute, where I talk to researchers about interesting studies. It's like hidden brain, except our brains are really well hidden. Find it now on the NPR One app and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Jonathan. Yeah. Today, we're going to play a game about robots. So, robot trivia speed round. Okay. What Pixar character spent centuries cleaning Earth before finding love? That was Wally. Yes. What do you call a robot that is part human and part machine like Robocop? Uh, that is called a cyborg. Exactly. What robot is designed to act in a human like fashion but is unable to express real emotion? Uh, Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. We have a great show for you. Four brilliant contestants are here to play our nerdy games. They're backstage tweeting out the Applebee's menu and getting a lot of positive feedback. And our guest tonight is Chris Colfer. You know him from the series Glee, and he's also the author of many young adult books. This guy has millions of fans who ask him to do things all the time. And you know what? I can relate. I can totally relate. Uh, I once had this fan come up to me. She gave me her drink and her phone so I could take a picture of her with Jonathan Colton. Joke's on her, of course. What she got was a 15-second video of my nostrils. (laughs) Our first game is about our future robot overlords, so let's meet our fragile human contestants. First up, Ariel Brown on buzzer number one. You're the deputy photo editor at Bloomberg Businessweek. Welcome. Thank you. Your opponent is Shadman Asif on buzzer number two. You're a part-time banker. Welcome. Great to be here. (laughs) (laughs) I like a question mark at the end of that. Okay, Ariel and Shadman, the first of you who wins two of our games will move on to the final round at the end of the show. In this game, Jonathan and I will tell you stories about robots or artificial intelligence. You have to tell me if they're real or if we made it up. So buzz in to answer, but be careful. If you're wrong, your opponent automatically gets the point. Here we go. Look out, food critics. The Thai government financed a machine that detects whether authentic Thai ingredients are used in a dish, real or fake. Ariel. Real. Yeah, that's real. The robot can chemically analyze and identify authentic Thai flavors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Costs $18,000. It's a government-sponsored project. That's right, to tell you the main ingredient of pad thai is ketchup. (laughs) Look out, anesthesiologists. Johnson & Johnson developed Sedasis, a robot that administers anesthesia. Real or fake? Shadman. False. No, that is a real thing. I know. Frightening, right? Can can we just pretend it's false? Yeah. (laughs) Not for the purposes of that point in this game, I'm afraid. But the product was actually discontinued due to poor sales. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure no one liked the idea of just a robot over them going, count back from 10, right. you know, just... Right. <laughs> Try to relax. <laughs> Look out, Fox News anchors. Japanese scientists created an ultra-realistic Android newscaster who will say whatever you want. Real or fake? Ariel. Real. Yeah, Real. I know. If that didn't freak you out, these robots come in adult and child models. Why do you want a child newscaster? That seems like a weird... I don't trust a child to give me the news. (laughs) Look out, stunt doubles. Action movies such as Transformers The Last Night are using animatronic stunt doubles in scenes that would be fatal for humans. Real or fake? Shadman. Real. I'm sorry, that is totally fake. Really? Yeah. Oh, this they don't have? Yeah. I know. (laughs) Look out, field trip chaperones. Some Palo Alto school districts use robots to corral children on field trips. Real or fake? Ariel. I'm just going to go with real. 
Palo Alto. Sounds good. I'm sorry, it is fake. Yeah. <laughs> no, you were thinking, those robots you were thinking of are just dads that are computer programmers. <laughs> Look out, shepherds. Researchers in England developed a sheep herding AI that may one day be used in robot sheepdogs, real or fake. Shadman. Real. That is real, you are correct. Look out, shepherds. <laughs> Technically, it's look out, sheepdogs. Right. I just like that one shepherd is like, huh? What? Me? <laughs> but my shepherd's stick is also a hot spot. <laughs> look out, cruise ship bartenders. Royal Caribbean has robotic bartenders in what they call a bionic bar. Real or fake? Ariel. That sounds real. That is real, yeah. <laughs> I've had first-hand experience with these, these robots on and the Royal Caribbean ship. how were ship. they? <laughs> they didn't make the best cocktails I've ever had. <laughs> okay. Part of that may have been because my friends and I were using the app to just come up with ridiculous 25-step cocktails for them to make. <laughs> you, we would have them put ice in and then water and then shake it and then strain it then put vodka in and shake it and strain it. Dump the whole thing out. And uh, mostly they were joke drinks, so they tasted bad. But it was fun to watch. See, this is the problem with anything when you involve humans. You're like, oh, yeah, well, make me a drink. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's screw with it immediately. You don't mind doing a little work because you're a robot? We'll get to work. (laughs) Exactly. No tip indeed. That's right. This is your last clue. Look out, music critics. Researchers in Michigan made an algorithm that was smart enough to guess the order the Beatles albums were released based on the band's musical evolution. Real or fake? Shadman. True. That is real. You are correct. (laughs) Archung, how did our contestants do? It was a close game, but congratulations, Ariel. You're one step closer to our final round. In our next game, we'll play songs backwards, or as they say in Twin Peaks, in our next game, we'll play songs backwards. <laughs> First, let's check in with our contestants. Shadman is a part-time banker. Well, what do you think? Is it for you? Are you going to go full-time at some point? My boss listens to this radio show, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah I... I think it's time for a race. (laughs) Ariel, as a photo editor, what is, like, one of the most well-known, I don't know, cover photo shoots that you may have been involved with? Um, I photographed Obama, and I'm actually wearing the dress that I photographed him. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, And everything that I could imagine it was? It was fast, and uh, and I introduced myself to him as Mr. President, so... (laughs) So it went well. It was, it was good. It was great. You, I'm yeah. sorry. You said that you were Mr. He, President? He asked me my name, and I said, M- Mr. President. <laughs> and, and he promptly moved on from, from there, singling me out as the insane one on the shoot. So it was good. It was I'm good. sure he was like, get, I get that all the time. <laughs> yeah. We have an audio quiz called If I Could Turn Back Time. In this game, we'll play a song. You tell us the name of the song, and the twist is all of these songs are themed around the concept of time, but we're playing them backwards. So buzz in as soon as you know the name of the song. Ariel, you won the last game, so win this, and you're off to the final round. Shadman, you need to win this, or you'll be Benjamin Buttoned. No pressure. Here we go. Here's your first backwards song. Shadman. Coldplay, Speedle Sound. That is not the name of the song. Ariel, can you steal? The Scientist? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Good songs, I'm sure. <laughs> we were looking for a different Coldplay song, Clocks. Oh. Time, Clocks. Oh, like the rules you mentioned. Yeah, like the rules. Right. Let's hear the next one. Yeah, that's the end of that clip. (laughs) I'll give you a hint. The uh, song was 
a song by Cindy Lauper. Ariel. Time after time. Time after time. Uh huh. Some pretty good reasoning right there. <laughs> All right, let's hear this next one. Chadman. This is my time. Good guess, not the name of this song. It's my time. It's your time is also not uh-huh. correct. <laughs> can I have more guesses? That would be the end of your guesses. <laughs> Ariel, can you steal? For every season, turn, 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 turn. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll take most of that. The answer was turn, turn, turn. Turn, turn, turn. Yes. Turn, turn, turn by the birds. Let's hear the next one. Oh, oh, I know. No, I figured it. Hit me, baby, one more time. (laughs) Ariel, you were so surprised and excited to know the answer. I know, I know. Yes, that is correct. Baby, one more time. Britney Spears, this is your last clue. As soon as you know it, just buzz right in. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone want to buzz in and take a guess? This one's all you. The word time is in the title, and it was sung by Semisonic. That really doesn't help. <laughs> it should. <laughs> There's only oh, one. I know it. Closing time? Ariel, that oh. is correct. <laughs> All right, Puzzaker, our Chung, how did our contestants do? A little bit of a tougher game. Congratulations, Ariel. You're moving on to the final <laughs> round. Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Ariel in our final round at the end of the show, and we'll meet Chris Colfer. He starred on Glee. He's a best-selling young adult fiction writer, but we're going to ask him also about his most impressive hobby, being a ninja. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Bombas. The owners of Bombas started in the sock game when they heard socks were the number one requested clothing item in homeless shelters. That's why for every pair of socks they sell, they donate a pair to someone in need. But they've also set out to solve every annoying sock problem. Bombas socks stay warm in the winter and cool in the summer. They have added arch support, no annoying toe seam, and they don't fall down your leg. Get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash ask. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from ZipRecruiter. If you're looking for top talent with ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Let ZipRecruiter's powerful technology match your job to the right candidates and use their simple dashboard to find the right hire. That's why 80% of jobs on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just one day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash another. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton, here with puzzle guru Art Chung. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, our contestant Ariel won her way to the final round at the end of the show, and we're going to find out a little later who she will face off against. But first, let's welcome our special guest. He starred as Kurt on the show Glee. Now he's a YA author, and the last installment of his Land of Stories series, Worlds Collide is out now. Please welcome Chris Colfer. Hello, 
Joe's Pub. <laughs> Welcome to Ask Me Another. Such a pleasure to have oh, you. Oh, thank you for having me. Now, yeah. I have to ask you right from the beginning. You auditioned for Glee right out of high school, uh-huh. but technically... You didn't get the part. No, I didn't. No, Kevin McHale got the part that I was auditioning for. Bastard. <laughs> so how did you get on the show? Bribery. Uh, no, um, I, uh, I, you know, uh, they just thought I was so awkward. They thought, we need that in our show. Um, and so they wrote me a part. They wrote you a part. Yeah, and and yeah. the part they write for you, I mean, I don't know how much pressure you felt because your your role, Kurt Hummel, was a openly gay character mm-hmm. in high school. Yeah. And, then you, and that was very groundbreaking. 2008 television, even groundbreaking. It's crazy how different the world was back then. Yeah. Really, it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, so did you hear that and go, oh my God, this part was written for me? I'm jumping at that chance? You know, I was absolutely terrified because I, I come from a, from a place where uh, uh, gay kids are used as pinatas. Uh, so um, I was... I was I was very, very scared. Um, but then I thought, oh, but what about the award potential? And then I, <laughs> and then I felt, uh, and then I felt right at home. <laughs> so I mean, the series ends, and right, I'm sure you were flooded with offers for other television, movies, perhaps. Uh, but you really wanted to go deep into the writing. Yeah, you know, it was you know, after after six years of you know uh, I, the best way I could describe the Glee schedule was like being in a constant tech rehearsal. You know, it was just oh, like. Yeah dance rehearsals, singing this, this. Sometimes we'd, we'd get calls at three o'clock in the morning and saying, hey, your call time is at six, you know? Um, so uh, after that, you know, a, a career where you can do most of it in your pajamas is very, very appealing. <laughs> and ha- have you been writing your entire life? I mean, you're very prolific. So do you remember when you first started writing? Yeah, I was, I was, I was a little kid. I was, I was um, very, very detailed in my uh, storylines with my action figures. Um, and um, okay, wait, wait. What action figures? Um, uh, oh, it varied. Um, uh, sometimes it was Batman. Sometimes it was Spider-Man. Whatever, whatever the mood was mm-hmm, that I was sure. um, going through. Um, and um, I always, I always like would always get like one of the little Barbies from from McDonald's, and she'd be like the damsel in distress, yeah. which which is completely anti-feminist now. <laughs> um, but um, uh, yeah, and I, I think that's that was like my first experience writing. And I try to play with other my, my friends, and they'd always go off book, and I would get so fussed. So I'm like, no, Spider-Man <laughs> is not doing that. I told you what the storyline was. Um, so I think that was my first, my first taste of it. So this best-selling series, The Land of Stories, centers on Alex and Connor twins who enter the fairy tales kind of by accident after receiving a book from their grandmother. Yes, yes. Okay. They, they inherit a magic storybook that sucks them into the fairy tale world. What was the appeal of writing fantasy and diving into fairy tales? Oh, I think I just was so uninterested in reality. I was like, there's got to be something better than this. Um... <laughs> And as a kid, I, I, my, my sister was sick, so it was a really great way to escape. Um, and yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad I did it. <laughs> what do you think the importance is of retelling these fairy tales that we all know in so many different incarnations? Well, so we only think we know them. I mean, I mean, so many people don't know the original Brothers Grimm versions, which were meant to terrify dark. children. Right, dark. Like, in Snow White, like, the evil queen uh, tries to kill her three times. Like, first with a poison comb, then with, with a corset, and then with the apple, which, I mean, after the comb, I probably would stop answering the door myself. <laughs> but um, that was, like, you know, that was the lesson. It was, you know, if you, if you, you know, meet a stranger and they cause you harm, don't, don't go near them again. And, and, you know, like, with, um... The Little Mermaid, in the, in the original version, the Little Mermaid doesn't doesn't you know marry the prince. She kills herself because the prince marries someone else. And it was supposed to teach young women don't throw your lives away for the first guy that you know picks you up off a beach. Sure. So thank you. Thank you. I know. Thank you, Hans Christian Andersen. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, it's sad. Like I feel like if we just you know if we just incorporated those more into into life, I think kids would be a lot better off. Now, I know this is all fantasy, but the character of the grandmother that gives the uh, twins this book, uh, that, I feel like, is a little bit of reflection on your life because mm-hmm. your grandmother plays a sort of a pivotal role yes. in your writing career. Yes, my, my grandmother was my very first editor. Um, and when the, when the land stories first came to me, I was about seven or eight, and uh, I, would, uh, I, tr- I tried writing the novel then, and it was very hard. You tried writing this novel I when did, you were seven? Yes. Yeah, yeah, and I did not know enough words to make it happen. Um, <laughs> And uh, every time I finish a chapter, I would uh, I would print it out and I take it. I ride my bike over to my grandma's house and I would uh, I'd give it to her and she'd grammar check it, she'd spell check it, and and if she liked it, she'd put it in a pile on her table. But if she didn't like it, she'd crumble it up in front of me, toss it in the trash can, and say, "Christopher, you can do better." 
yeah, but I think I think I mean she she still was the toughest editor I've ever worked with. Um, but I think it really kind of it kind of set me up for real life. That's amazing. Yeah. Did she read you know the books that we now know as the part of the series? Oh yeah, Land she Stories? reads them. Yeah, she reads them um, on her iPad or she waits for the for the large print. Um, and uh, she reads them quite a bit. Does she give you feedback? Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, she well she's always very particular about how I betray grandmothers in my writing. Um, <laughs> So now we have the final book in the series, Worlds Collide. You've decided that this is it. We're ending the series, mm-hmm. even though I'm pretty sure that if you just, I don't know, decided I'm going to write another 20, people yeah. would read them. Why end it? You know, I uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to stretch it out, you know, and, and until it was just, you know, so thin, there was nothing there. So I wanted to end it at the right time when, like, I, I felt like it was, a, it was a good time within the story. Okay. I think that's now. Yeah. yeah, but it's going to another life because yes. there is going to be a uh, there's movie. Go, there's going to be movies, yeah, so I'm very excited about Movies. Uh, <laughs> All right, I said movie, you yeah, said moving movies. Moving pictures, see? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Uh, you wrote these, uh, the screenplays? I, the I'm screen- writing it now, yeah. Um, yeah, and I'll also be directing, which I'm so excited and uh, terrified, but in a good way, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. is your uh, grandmother going to be involved in casting in any way? <laughs> No, but it's funny because it's like it was the biggest news of my whole life, and I call her up and I tell her, and she's like, "Yeah, I knew it would happen." <laughs> I was like, "All right, yeah, right." It's like you can't get the full big praise. No, no, but then she like she gets on her Facebook and just brags yes. and brags and brags, and I'm like, "Where is that into my face?" Like, gosh, all this time I don't think you love me. And then she's like, "I got two thousand likes." <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Very popular from various tea parties. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I watched uh, a bunch of clips of you preparing to talk to you. And, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, it was fantastic. But it gives me great joy to be able to say this on the show because I've never met anyone before that I could say, so it seems like you're a pretty good ninja. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. That is the first time I've ever been complimented about being my about my ninjutsu. Yeah, so thank I mean, you. you're skilled with the Japanese uh, say swords. Is that sai swords? I'm sorry, sai swords. You're, yes. Yeah, you you spin them and I spin them. I, 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 I catch them. I, I I drop them on my foot. I, I do. I do. I do. I'm actually very very good at it. So look it up. And very good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So how did that particular uh, <laughs> hobby of yours begin? Um, I was a really big fan of Xena Warrior Princess yeah. when I was a kid. Um, looking back now, it um, it all makes sense. Um, and you know, I didn't I didn't, I didn't ever want to you know be with her or Gabrielle, but I wanted to be them. Sure. Um, so uh, and and Gabrielle had had the size swords, and I was like, I want to do that. Um, and Electra, and um, I think Raphael and Ninja Turtles, and uh, and so I just really wanted to learn. And uh, so I, um, uh, with the with, with the first job I ever got was uh, it was called uh, it was this little student film called Russell Fish and the Sausage and Eggs Incident, where uh, I, I used that paycheck, which was about twenty dollars, and uh, I bought some bought me some swords. Where do you buy these swords? eBay. Okay, eBay. of course. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was legal, but you know, it's yeah. it's eBay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what's done is done. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Colfer, are you ready for your Ask Me Another Challenge? I don't know if I'll ever be ready, but yeah. I'm that, here, so let's do is, it. That is, I yeah. believe, the mantra of the ninja. <laughs> uh, Chris Colfer, everybody. <laughs> so, Chris, you have a, I would say, complex relationship with fan fiction. Yes, I do. <laughs> I do. It's an abusive relationship. <laughs> Oh, gosh. There's a lot that has been written about you. Yes, there has. Yes. Uh, and you wrote a book called Stranger Than Fan Fiction. I did, yes. Which is I'm part of, of the problem, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> which is not about you, but it's sort of, you use, I guess, your own experience as a jumping off yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, it was, it's about a, a really uppity actor uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> who... Um, Gets invited on a road trip with four mega fans, and he shocks them when he shows up, and and they think it's going to be a dream come true, but it's just the biggest nightmare ever. Because <laughs> reality is rough. Yeah, right, exactly. So in this game, we have written our own fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just have to tell us the original works they are based on. Okay. 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 And if you do well enough, Tori Atkins from Saratoga Springs, New York, is going to win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Oh no, the stakes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. We warned you. All right. If you need a hint, our puzzle guru, Archung, is standing by to help you out. <laughs> oh, great. Thank you. All right, let's give it a shot. Uh-huh. 
Without her glasses, Velma could barely make out the figure standing before her. Mm -hmm. The person was blurry but familiar and unmistakably sensual. Velma, it's me, the figure said. It's Daphne. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's got wrapped up in it. Um, uh, uh, that was definitely Scooby-Doo. Yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah. It was the eve of revolution. Aaron Burr and Hercules Mulligan hated each other, but tonight they were lonely. And they were ready to raise more than a glass to freedom. <laughs> the British are coming. The British are coming. <laughs> Well, is, if it's fan fiction, is it turn? Just think like Make the most uh, popular incarnation out there right oh, now. Oh, duh. Yeah, 1776. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. The musical. Oh, Definitely. You know, I, I keep forgetting that there is fan fiction about musicals, too. But yeah, Hamilton, that's yeah, what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> There's fan fiction about everything. Yeah, yeah. Everyone said a water type and a fire type could never fall in love, but Squirtle and Charmander didn't care about society's rules. Um, well, Pokemon? I yes. Yeah. I was going to say, like, orange is the new black, but uh, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Don't Google Squirtle. My mind races as the host approaches my team. My brothers and uncles jump and clap. I stand frozen. But in my heart, the survey says, Steve Harvey, you're my father. Oh, my God. Please tell me it's the sequel to, like, Slumdog Millionaire and not, like, well, Family Feud, obviously. But, oh, my gosh. Family Feud, even. Even Steve Harvey isn't safe. Gosh. Okay, here's your last clue. When he heard the show was doing a segment about couples yoga, Matt Lauer expected to be paired up with Savannah Guthrie. But now, as two strong arms caressed his own, Matt gulped. He never knew Al Roker like this before. Oh my God, I'm seeing these people tomorrow. <laughs> oh God, that's the Today Show. Yeah, sure is. Oh God, wow. Yeah, I think you did uh, pretty smashing on that. Puzzle Guru Archung, how did our special guest do? Chris got them all right. Congratulations. You and our listener, Tori Atkins, each one. Ask me another Rubik's Cubes. Yes! You're amazing. Thank you so much for being oh, part of our so show. Oh, thank you so much for having us. Yeah. having me. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. The final book of Chris's The Land of Stories series, Worlds Collide, is out now. Give it up one more time for Chris Colfer! <laughs> Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our next two contestants will play a game about famous duos. Let's meet them. First up, Natalie Savitz on buzzer number one. You're a news researcher at ABC News. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. Your opponent is Spencer Gaffney on buzzer number two. You quit your job in finance to become a novelist. Yeah, pretty excited about it. Welcome. <laughs> All right, remember, Natalie and Spencer, the first of you who wins two of our games will move on to the final round at the end of the show. Let's go to your first game. Natalie, who is the second half of your duo? I'd say my sister. Your sister? Mm-hmm. Okay, you guys are inseparable? Um, yeah, I mean, she's like four years younger than me, but people think we're like twins, and, yeah. and we like kind of talk and giggle the same way, and yeah. I know. She's Sweet. here right now. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Yeah, she was like, guess what your answer to that question is going to be. <laughs> Spencer, who's the other half of your duo? Uh, I would say my wife. Smart, yeah. smart thing to say right now. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so in this trivia game, every answer is a famous duo. The clue will be two alternate descriptions for their names. Let's go to our puzzle guru, Archung, for an example. If we said this long-running magic act consists of a writing implement and a bank employee, you'd answer pen and tell her. Now remember, the alternate descriptions we give may or may not be the same spelling as the actual names. Okay, here we go. Want to buy a book? Go into farm buildings that house livestock and talk to an aristocrat. Spencer. Barnes & Noble. That is correct, yeah. These daytime talk show hosts are a shade of green and a speaker of the house. 
Spencer. Uh, something in Ryan. Uh, Emerald in Ryan. <laughs> sounds like an awesome daytime talk show. I love Emerald in Ryan. That is, that is, that is incorrect. Good. Natalie, do you know the answer? I can't think. I don't know. Kelly and Ryan. That is correct. Yeah. Wow. I know it changes so often. You couldn't yeah. think of what the new That's name my is. That's too. What I know. Are you doing? Forrest and Ryan. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> the 1962 Nobel Prize in Medicine went to Sherlock Holmes's companion and a stiff feeling in your neck. Natalie Watson and Crick. That is correct. It's the 1970s duo consisting of typical Southern California weather and Alicia Silverstone's character from Clueless. Natalie. Sunny and Cher. You got it. Who knew these rappers and stars of the House Party franchise were a child and a theater production? We're looking for two rappers who were in the House Party movies, and one of them had big hair. I Natalie. have no idea, but I'm just going to think. Yeah, sure. Um, child, so I will say kid and uh, play. That is correct. <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> I still am totally unfamiliar and have no idea what I just said. Kid and play. You did it. Wow. It's a department store that's founded by God and a guy who makes fitted suits. Spencer. Lord and Taylor. Yeah, right. that was quick. This is your last clue. It's an ice cream company founded by the bell in Westminster's clock tower and Seinfeld. Spencer. Ben and Jerry's. That is correct. Puzzle Guru Archung, how did our contestants do? Another close game. Congratulations, Natalie. You're one step closer to our final round. We don't care if you're in a duo, thruple, quadruple, or just like swinging. Be a contestant on our show, and you only have to answer to yourself. Go to amatickets.org. Coming up, Jonathan Colton will play a musical game about cities that are near cities that you will actually know. And we'll meet today's mystery guest who's working on an interesting project. Is it a model of the Eiffel Tower made out of marshmallows? Who knows? Stay tuned to find out. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message comes from USA Network's The Sinner, a new limited series following a young mother played by Jessica Biel who commits a startling act of violence she can't explain. A police investigator becomes obsessed with uncovering the truth and together they discover the secrets hidden in her past. Everyone knows she did it. No one knows why. The series also stars Bill Pullman and Christopher Abbott. The Sinner airs Wednesday starting August 2nd at 10, 9 central on USA Network. Thanks for listening to Ask Me Another. And if you're looking for another show to try, check out Hidden Brain. Each week, Hidden Brain tries to get at what it means to be human, why we do what we do. Like, for example, why are some people really great at recognizing faces? Why do some of us lie more than others? Host Shankar Vedantam delves into the latest research to get answers to these questions and so many others. Check out Hidden Brain on the NPR One app or wherever you get podcasts. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton here with puzzle guru Archon. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. Up next, Jonathan will play an anthem about people who say they're from Seattle when they're actually from Bellevue. Let's check in with our contestants, Natalie and Spencer. Natalie, uh, on your 13th birthday, you talked to one of my favorite actors of all time, Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. How was it? I want to know. Well, it was the most maybe embarrassing thing ever. And it was my birthday, and I was like at an Applebee's or Chili's, one of those. And my um, stepmother's brother-in-law handed me the cell phone, and I just hear his voice on it. And my whole family's just staring at me. 
And I was just like, what am I supposed to say now? Yeah. He was like pulling teeth, trying to get me to talk. And, you know, that was just it. I had such a big crush. And then I was like, oh, he's a real person that I have nothing to say to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that happens all the time, Natalie. <laughs> Spencer, something you wrote about uh, Pop-Tarts went semi-viral on Reddit. Uh, how did that change your life? For the better, I'd, I'd like to think. Yeah. But, uh, so I spent a lot of time in the snack aisle in college, still do sometimes, but uh, I discovered that unfrosted Pop-Tarts actually have 10 more calories than frosted Pop-Tarts, which completely blew my mind. But they add a little bit of extra pastry to the side of the unfrosted Pop-Tarts to make them feel more satisfying. You just blew open something, okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's big. Wow. Spencer, if you ever don't want to write novels, have you thought about just like really diving into undercover, like un... un yeah, investigative snack food journalism. That's what I was, yeah, that's what I was going for. <laughs> I, I've given it a lot of thought. I'm going to pursue this dream first, but that's the backup plan. Okay, good to know. I like a plan B. Let's go to your next game where Jonathan Colton has odes in different area codes. Jonathan, what is it about? Well, there are plenty of songs about big cities, but what about the less celebrated cities? True. That live in their shadows. We rewrote big city anthems to be about smaller cities that are more or less close by. So buzz in and tell me the city that I'm singing about. And if you get that right, for a bonus point, you can tell me the name of the original song. Okay, Natalie, you won the last game. So you win this, and you're in the final round. Spencer, you need to win this, or you'll have to move to Old York. That's where they have an Apple store, but it actually sells apples. The subway is a horse, and they have a great restaurant. <laughs> Sounds kind of quaint. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Here we go. Now you're in Jersey. Concrete runways airplanes can land on. You can depend on Brick City's airport. Spencer. Newark. Newark is correct. And then the original song was I Love New York or New York Concrete Jungle Where Dreams Are Made Of. There's are you, nothing you you're just do. saying a bunch of words right now, Spencer? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great song, but I forget which ones were the original. Uh, I'm going to go with I Love New York. That, no. I, <laughs> that is not the name of the no. song. Uh, the name of the song is Empire State of Mind. That makes a lot more sense. But you sense. did get the question right, so that's one point for you, <laughs> Party in the city in a rental car. Buccaneers, Bush Gardens, Ebor Cigar. See the estuary. Benvenido, ah, the St. Pete Ferry. Spencer. Tampa. Tampa, that's right. And the original song was Miami. Yeah, you got Will it. Smith. Yep, that's right. All right. I feel like we just tapped into, really, your knowledge base in that one question. <laughs> I love me some secondary cities. <laughs> All the little kids trying hard not to skid. Go tires rock. Rubber Rocks, the Goodyear Crew, and LeBron James, too. Go Devo Rocks, Black Keys Rock. Spencer. Akron Rocks. Yeah, you got it. And the song? Cleveland Rocks. Yeah, you're killing it, Spencer. Good morning, Queen Anne's Town. Every day I try not to drown. Every night on the Chesapeake at the Naval Academy. Spencer. Annapolis? <laughs> Annapolis is correct. Do you know the name of the song? No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, everyone. This crowd is very disappointed with you. That was Good Morning Baltimore from Hairspray. <laughs> but he's like, from Hairspray, Spencer. Yeah, exactly. We like some of your knowledge, but very disappointed <laughs> in other parts of you. Well, come on. Sam Kinison's from here, you know. Well, come on. Richard Pryor is also from here, you know. Not much to say. But will it play in this place? Southwest of Chicago. Spencer? Um... No, it's in Illinois. Uh, <laughs> Can you be more specific? <laughs> um, Skokie? That's a very good guess, but it is incorrect. Natalie, 
Now's your chance to steal. Um, Fairfield, I don't even, I don't know. That's Sorry, the name that of the city. That is also incorrect. We were looking for Peoria. Oh. Oh, Peoria. <laughs> I know, I know. And that was Sweet Home Chicago. This is your last clue. Here we used to be a coal mine town. Good old PA anthracite. Now we're known as Dunder Mifflin's home. Electric cities shine the light. Young Joe Biden, won't you shine the light? <laughs> Natalie. Scranton. Oh, yeah. Do you know the song? No. No. What is it, everybody? I'm sorry. Philadelphia Freedom by Elton John. That's right. Oh, okay. <laughs> Art Chung, how did they do? Spencer, you tied it up, so we're going to a quick game three. I'm going to give you a category, and you go back and forth naming things that fall into that category. The first contestant to mess up will be eliminated. Buzz in to answer first. Here's your category. Name Time Magazine's Person of the Year from 2006 to 2016. Spencer, you're first. Donald Trump. Donald Trump is correct. Natalie? Obama. Barack Obama twice. Yes, that's correct. Spencer? Was there one that was you with, like, a mirror? <laughs> you were the person of the year. That's right, in 2006. That is correct. <laughs> Natalie? Um, I'm going to say Hillary Clinton. No, I'm sorry. That is incorrect. The other answers were Angela Merkel, Ben Bernanke, Ebola fighters, Pope Francis, the protester, Mark Zuckerberg, and Vladimir Putin. <laughs> Natalie, we're sorry to see you go. Spencer, you're headed to the final round. While Ariel and Spencer get ready for their final round, it's time for us to play a game. This is Mystery Guest. A stranger is about to join us on stage. Jonathan and I have no idea who this person is or what makes them special. Only our puzzle guru, Arch Chung, does. Well, that's right. Ophira, you and Jonathan will work together as a team to figure out our Mystery Guest secret by asking yes or no questions. Mystery Guest, please introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Zoe Greenberg, and as part of my job, I'm involved in an unusual New York City project. Okay. Uh, is your project um, something that I would go in to see? No, not necessarily. Okay. Is it primarily science-related? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, science-related. I'm just going based on a lot of other people that we have met as mystery guests, does your project have to do with rats? <laughs> uh, no. Okay. I had the same question. <laughs> I had the exact same question. Does it involve uh, some, some other city animal, like a, a pigeon or a cockroach or something like that? A um, city animal a like city. a cockroach. <laughs> For instance, it's a kind of animal. Uh, I would say, yes, a city animal. A city animal. Is it a cockroach? It is not a cockroach, no. Pigeon? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> what are the other city animals? Well, Those are me... the only three city animals, rats, pigeons, that's... and cockroaches. <laughs> let me clarify. It's not an animal that, right, that's not like top of mind, but the animal part is very important to the project. Okay. It, it's not an obvious animal. No. It's like not an animal it's I'm not... keeping in my apartment. Uh, hopefully not, no. Okay. <laughs> Are we dealing with uh, some kind of a mammal here? Some sort of a, no. a furry creature? No, no, not a mammal. Not a mammal? No. So what are we down to? Like reptiles and fish? Well, why right. don't you ask, like, right, think about where these animals might live. Where they might live? Well, we, we took out people's Upper apartments. Upper West Side? Or like... <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with fish. Does your uh, project involve fish? Uh, not fish, but, but your clothes. Uh, some sort of aquatic Thanks. animal. Thanks. Yes. That's hey, not a fish. Wait a second. Does, does your project involve the whale watching that is happening right now in Brooklyn? No. Another great idea. <laughs> also, that's a mammal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, okay, so some sort of aquatic creature that's not a fish. I'm out of options. Mermaids? Are you studying the famous... Are you studying the famous Gowanus mermaid? Ah, uh, yeah. No. All right. Can I eat this animal? Yes. Oh, good. Great. And it's native to New York. Okay, oysters. How about some oysters? Yeah. Yes. All right. Let's repopulate some oyster yes. beds. Because New York used to be a big oyster place, right? And, they, and instead of hot dog carts, they were selling oysters yeah. or something? Yeah, absolutely. That's it. That's it. That's it. 
Zoe is a scientific diver for the Billion Oyster Project, whose goal is to restore one billion live oysters to New York Harbor. As part of her job, Zoe teaches diving at the New York Harbor School, a public maritime high school located on Governor's Island. Cool! So how did you get involved with repopulating these oysters? Well, I came at it because I'm a, I'm a dive instructor. Yeah. So I teach high school students to become working divers in the harbor. And as part of that, um, I train those kids to do work on these oyster reefs, um, helping to install them and uh, maintain and survey. Uh, I mentioned it briefly that I was like, oh, all the oysters used to be sold like uh, hot dog carts that we know now all over the city. But do you know a little bit about the, the history of oysters in New York City? Yes, oysters were a major food source for the Lenape people and then for poor New Yorkers, rich New Yorkers, everybody ate oysters. It's been speculated that at one time, um, New York was actually supplying half the world's supply of oysters. We used to send oysters um, you know, off to Europe you know, when, when Henry Hudson came, there were hundreds of thousands of acres of oysters and piles of oyster shells um, called middens. Right. Um, I know much of the uh, streets are, uh, a lot of the concrete is even mixed with old oyster shells. Right, yeah, I've seen the, that yeah. in some of the old streets. Yeah, so oysters were definitely a very important part of, uh, of our history. Very cool. And, and what happened to all of those oysters? Uh, well, over-harvesting, dredging, um, pollution. Yeah. Yeah, we've pretty much decimated the population of oysters in our harbor. Yeah, people. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. pretty much people. Yeah, so now, yeah. Well, now we're going to fix it. Yeah. And what benefits does, uh, you know, repopulating these oyster reefs, what, what benefits is that to the water or to, I don't know, the ecology in sure. general? So, so oysters do a lot of things. They filter the water. Um, an adult oyster can filter up to 50 gallons of water in a day. Really? So, so the idea is that a billion oysters um, could filter the standing body of water of New York Harbor in just three days. What? Yeah. Whoa. Um, but oysters do a lot of things. They're reef-building creatures, right? So the reefs help to stabilize our shorelines, and they provide habitat for countless um, other species right. that live in our harbor. How, how far have we gotten to one billion? What are we at right now? Um, so we've been at this for about three years or so. We have put 22 million oysters into wow. the harbor. Cool. Yep. And all of that is with the help of these amazing high school students and community groups. So it's a pretty cool That cool is project. fantastic. Okay, so how long does this project go into the future? Is this like a five-year, ten-year? Uh, 20 years. Is so, it 20 years? So the idea is that billion oysters by 2035. That's our goal. Okay. Should you then eat those oysters or no? Don't yeah, eat those no, oysters? No, okay, no, 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 no. Don't, don't eat the oysters that come out of New so York. So when I'm served Gowanus oysters, say yeah. no, say no. <laughs> say no. Got it. Say no. Thank mm -hmm. you so much for being on our show, and thank you so much for being part of this amazing thank project. You. Thank you so much for having me. Our mystery guest is Zoe Greenberg. Thank you. Now it's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Ariel Brown, who, when she met Barack Obama, introduced herself as Mr. President. <laughs> and Spencer Gaffney, whose backup career is investigative snack food journalist. Puzziger Archung, take it away. Thanks, Ophir. Ariel and Spencer, your final round is called Channel Flip. Each clue is the rough opposite of a famous TV show. For example, if I said, fixing good, you'd answer, breaking bad. We're playing this round like a penalty shootout. You'll each get up to eight questions. The contestant who scores the most points will be our big winner. Your prize is an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube and a copy of the final book in Chris Colfer's The Land of Stories series, Worlds Collide. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage, and Spencer is going first. Here we go. Spencer, the bad husband. The good wife. That is correct. Ariel, celibacy and the suburb. Sex in the City. That is correct. Spencer, Mopey Nights. Happy Days. That is right. Ariel, stale on the plane. Fresh off the bus. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Fresh off the boat. <laughs> I, I don't think we can take that. You oh. have to take your first answer. We were looking for fresh off the boat. <laughs> Spencer, Anarchy and Chaos. Law and Order. That is right. Ariel, Childbirth, he read. Murder, she wrote. That's right. <laughs> Spencer, empty apartment. 
Full house. That's right. Ariel, little big truth. Big little lies. That's right. We're at the halfway point. Spencer is in the lead, four to three. Spencer, cheers. Cheers. That's right. <laughs> Ariel, Canadian mortals. American gods. That's right. Spencer, the old imam. The new pope. The young pope, sorry, it was wrong. No, I'm sorry, we have to take your first answer. It's the young pope. Ariel, North Drive. South Park. That is correct. Spencer, The Running Living. The Walking Dead. That is correct. Ariel, White Window. Black Mirror. That is correct. The score is tied, you each have one question left. Spencer, Found. Lost. That's right. Ariel, you need this to survive. Divorced without adults. Married with children. That is right. <laughs> We're all tied up, so hands on your buzzers. Here's your tiebreaker clue. Old boy. Spencer. New girl. That is correct. Congratulations, Spencer. And that's our show. Ask Me Another's Puzzle Guru is Art Chung. Hey, my name anagrams to Mark Thug. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Now, Jolta Cannon. Our puzzles were written by Juan Escalante, Greg Lightman, David Letzler, and Glenn McDonald. Ask Me Another is produced by Mike Katzif, Travis Larchuk, Julia Melfi, Denny Shin, Ramel Wood, and our intern, Kurt Van Zand, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Noriko Okabe, and David Hurtkin. Ask Me Another was created by Eric Newsom and Jesse Baker. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, the Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm Haripe Begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Jonathan Colton here. Ask Me Another will be returning to downtown Los Angeles with two back-to-back live shows at the Ace Hotel Theater on August 17th and 18th. And something we'd never done before, we're putting eight celebrities to the test as contestants. That's right. Celebrity contestants will put it all on the line for nothing but bragging rights and a coveted Rubik's Cube. You won't want to miss it. Guest information and tickets are at amatickets.org. Next time on Ask Me Another, we have actor Zazie Beetz from the FX series Atlanta, who we learn is fluent in German, and she tells us a German joke. Are you going to tell it in German? Oh, you want me to tell in English? Okay. So there's a, a Prussian... <laughs> <laughs> Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. 